Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, we are going to be taking a look at some draft-eligible prospects because uh, I actually am going to be out on Tuesday evening, which is when the Jets will be playing Minnesota, so my thoughts on that game are going to be a little bit delayed. You're you're getting this episode on Wednesday, and, you know, obviously, regardless of the outcome of that game, I think most of us are kind of 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 the mindset that the Jets, yeah, they're not really playoff-worthy, right? So the next question becomes... What does the future for the Jets hold? And I've talked a little bit about some of the currently active rostered guys, but obviously, you know, building up into the playoffs and into the month of July, it's obviously very important to start taking a look at your draft prospects. Winnipeg does not have many picks this year. uh, And in fact, I think only has a first rounder, a third rounder, and uh, three back end rounds between five and seven. So not a lot to choose from, but the Jets traditionally do have some pretty talented scouting when it comes to their depth picks. We'll take a look at who might be on the board and who might fit the Jets, especially as Winnipeg begins their long climb to rebuilding their core. Stay tuned because we're going to be diving into the world of prospects in just a little bit. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, friends. We are looking tonight at some uh, 2022 draft-eligible prospects. Right now, Winnipeg is currently slated to pick 13th overall. We're going to focus on the first round this time just because this is the round that Winnipeg has potential to do a lot of damage. Uh, Obviously, things haven't been ideal this season, and I would not be shocked if the Jets continue to move up in the, uh, well, the pick standings, right? They do have, uh, you know, 2.2% chance of somehow getting a lottery pick, but let's be real. I, I don't think that that's particularly realistic. We will talk about maybe like a first through third draft order if the Jets were to maybe land something like that and talk a little bit about some of the top, top-end prospects a little bit later in this episode. But for now, I kind of want to focus in the, say, like 10 to 15 range. This is where Winnipeg is likely to settle, and I think this is the most realistic scenario. Uh, I'm going to be going off of a couple of draft mocks that have already been done. Obviously, these mock drafts are just totally theoretical, and there's all sorts of factors that I'm sure go into the rankings and stuff. But in general, some of these players are going to be within the same range of each other. So I I think it's fair enough to kind of go with this and take it for what it is. You know, with a grain of salt, it is just theoretical rankings. And honestly, I don't know what the Jets are going to be looking for at this draft. I honestly think just restocking the cupboard, period, would be really important. You know what I always say? Best player available, make sure you get him. The first name of interest that has popped up, though, is is a defender who is a left-handed guy. And he's uh, Pavel Mintukov out of uh, Saginaw Spirit. And Pavel is a very interesting player for me. Uh, I checked a couple of video footages of of some of his shift-by-shift stuff against uh, the Guelph Storm. It's actually on YouTube, which is pretty cool. 
Um, and I've also checked out some of his other highlights and uh, gotten a little bit of a feel for his game. This is just a very cursory glance. So, you know, take it again with a grain of salt. But, you know, first blush, the thing that I kind of notice about him is that offensively he's very clean, right? Mintyukov is always looking to facilitate some kind of a zone uh, breakout strategy. You know, he's kind of hovering in the neutral zone, maybe a little bit aggressive at his own blue line. He wants to get the puck back up the ice. But what's interesting about him is that, you know, you look at Heinola, right? And Vili is always super aggressive, sometimes to his detriment. Mintyukov, you know, just from a couple of shifts, again, very cursory, but it kind of seems like he's a little more passive and conservative. It's not until he gets the puck where you suddenly see this totally different player emerge. When he's off the puck, I tend to see him, you know, looking into spaces, he's evaluating options, and it always seems like he's looking to make himself some kind of a passing outlet. But once he's on the puck, it's like he's a totally different player. For one thing, the dude is fast. Like, I I was shocked the moment he basically got the puck and exploded off of his edges. He just has this really quick acceleration and, like, a rapid, rapid top gear. Um, And, like, it's not the, the fastest stride I've ever seen, but the fact that he can do it from almost a standstill and he kind of explodes off of the opposing blue line to drop deeper into the offensive zone is super interesting. I mean, I don't really see as many players do that effectively, and it really allows him to start overlapping very quickly because, like, he'll skate around the perimeter rapidly with possession, and he's actually pretty strong uh, once he's got the puck. He's not, like, a small, small guy, but he's not super huge either. I think he's, like, a, you know, he's, like, six one or something, um, and he's got... You can tell he's got some pretty decent bulk under there, so, you know, he he seemingly shields the puck well. It feels like he can physically mix it up without being, you know, 6'4", 6'5", and maybe a little bit ungainly. But with his current frame and the way that he sort of approaches uh, managing the puck and and cycling it, it just seems like he's a really good potential second-pairing option. Once he dives towards the slot, this is where the magic really starts to happen. He's got this great puck-handling ability, Um, There's, of course, a highlight video of him, like, dangling between two defenders to score a highlight real goal, and this was kind of started because he got aggressive at his own blue line, picked off a puck in the neutral zone, and let a counter up the ice, uh, and then just kind of went to work. So, very interesting. He does the diving into the central slot thing pretty often, and sometimes that does kind of work against him a little bit because, kind of like Heinle, you've seen when you're really aggressive— Teams are going to be looking to exploit a turnover, especially if you miss a pass or something. So Mintyukov does have to track back a lot, especially if he maybe drifts into the slot, expecting a pass to kind of come down the middle, puck to flex out, he has to go back and chase it. What is impressive is that he actually does seem to recover uh, on a, a number of his shifts. I wouldn't say his defensive game is like amazing, but it's there and present enough to where you can kind of work on it. And figure out how to tune his aggression to better serve him, especially in creating turnovers inside his own zone and getting uh, the puck back up the ice. I feel like the way that he plays right now is as like a really good facilitator, but once he's in possession, again, he does feel like a bit of a different player. I like the way that he thinks about the ice, and I think his offensive skills and natural talent and dynamism are actually something the Jets would love to have. I don't know how well they would actually use him, but... In terms of tool sets that the scouts would salivate over, Mintyukov seems to check off a number of boxes. The only thing that I think will kind of concern them is defensively, again, he doesn't exactly have the most resolute game in the corners. And and sometimes he does kind of wander a little bit. You can tell on some of his shifts he's allowing the partner to maybe take a little bit more of the responsibility and kind of hovering around his own goal crease. But 
you know, I think that awareness is something that will just kind of come with time. I think this is his first season on North American ice, and already he's racked up 30 points in 39 games. So, yeah, I mean, he looks like a pretty cool top four prospect. You know, obviously there's a lot of work to do with him, but thus far, you know, his rankings are kind of all over the place. Uh, you could get anywhere from like mid first round to maybe back end of the first into the second round. I think with his tool set, I would say mid first makes a lot of sense. And for the Jets, if they take a flyer on him, I'd be totally okay with that. Now, every year, you know, we often see prospects fall further down the rankings, and there are some super intriguing names that I think the Jets might have a shot at if they are, you know, in the neighborhood, and maybe, just maybe, something squeaks through and falls to them. We'll take a look at a couple of these guys in just a little bit, but before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market and can help you with your pesky New Year's resolutions. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also, make sure to make your second listen Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Locked On NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed as well as YouTube. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to check them out right now. We are continuing our thoughts on the upcoming draft for the Jets and some of the prospects that may or may not fall to Winnipeg. Um, and uh, one of the names that I, that I have circled as a potential option, maybe around the middle of the first round, it's hard to say exactly where this guy's going to fall. But, you know, this player, his draft stock has fallen significantly. At one point, he was considered a top three pick. And now it kind of seems like maybe this particular player has fallen off the radar. And that is Brad Lambert. Now, Lambert came into the past couple of years with a lot of hype. Um, he's actually one of the few prospects from this draft class that I was actually decently familiar with. Uh, obviously, you have a couple of really obvious names like uh, Shane Wright and the rest, but Brad Lambert had a lot of expectation because his first uh, couple of years in the dev programs before he moved to uh, some of the Finnish pro teams, he looked amazing. And then the past year or so happened, and it's been a little bit of an uphill struggle. You know, he's being outshined by one of his teammates in Kamel. While his split with JYP has actually been recently finalized, he's departing for another team. And so, you know, Lambert has a lot of interesting storylines. But one of the reasons that I'm very attracted to the way that he plays hockey is because his edge work and his passing and, and vision just seem like next-level talents. Uh, if you've ever seen the way uh, that he plays in some of his highlights and stuff, or just watched him in any of his World Junior tournaments, his edge work is phenomenal. 
he has like a really great sense of balance, which when he kind of cuts out to the outside and then sort of dives in with this almost hunched over stance that allows him to drive forward really quickly, he's almost unstoppable. He has like a freight train feeling to him, even though he's not exactly the biggest player. He's like six foot, so he's not a small center or anything, but like you watch him and the way that he can almost compact his body I mean, he's a bit like a charging bull. Um, his skating style, it's not really the same thing, but it does vaguely remind me of the way that uh, Nathan McKinnon moves on the ice. It's obviously not as explosive, and McKinnon just has edge work that is, you know, almost effortless and really, really powerful. Lambert's not quite the same thing, but the way that he kind of shifts um, and sort of curls towards the net to create momentum and speed... That part is very similar. They've got that modern skating style, which uh, these days continues to be very popular. But his mastery over it with his balance and the lethal wrister that he has makes him a very interesting prospect to me. Uh, oftentimes, he'll thread the needle with passes as well. You know, you watch him on the power play and his vision and spatial awareness both seem elite. He also has great stick handling and puck control, which under pressure is super important. I know that his game has definitely fallen off over the past year, but this guy, I feel like if you give him the chance to develop and blossom into the player that he really can be, I think that there's something special there. He's one of those players that I would be more cautious about writing off just yet, and if he, you know, falls to the Jets, I would not be averse to them taking a punt on him. His current start with the Lati Pelicans doesn't seem like it's been amazing so far, but again... With the kind of tool sets that Lambert has, I feel like he's a player I would want to take a punt on and bet. He's shown so much during the World Juniors. He's showed um, incredible prowess in his first year or so in Finland. It's just really hard to write this kid off. I mean, I, I just feel like there's something special with the way that he uses his tool set to explode, you know, from the wide areas and then attack the slot. Again, you know, I do think that he's got some work to do, and it's obviously uh, a situation where... Maybe he needs to leave Finland to kind of start to get into North American hockey and show that he really does have the tool sets to be a dominant offensive playmaker. But, you know, if he can fall to the Jets, again, I would be taking a long, hard look. He's not the most talented player in this entire draft, but I think in terms of his ceiling and potential, the raw tool sets that are there to be someone truly special for Winnipeg's top six, maybe like on the level of like an Ehlers-like player. It's not certain that he'll ever reach those heights because Ehlers is kind of amazing, but Lambert might be somebody that the Jets take a long, hard look at, and I would not be averse to it. Now, there is another player that I want to talk about before we close out tonight's episode, and I think he could be potentially someone the Jets might be hoping they actually tank a little bit for because this player could be a game changer on their defense. We'll talk about this mystery player in just a little bit, but before then, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.net should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We're going to close out tonight with another player uh, prospect that I think could be someone the Jets are hot to trot for. Um, This is a kid who is very highly touted across many of the rankings networks. Many of them have him in the top 10 at least, uh, some even as high as inside the top 5. This player is the right-handed defender, Simone Nemitz, um, and Nemitz is an interesting prospect. Uh, he's been described as a super cerebral, uh, controlled player, somebody who, because of his intelligence on the puck and off the puck, is able to control the tempo of the game and essentially play quarterback on the back end. You know, that's the sort of lofty description people have ascribed to him, which is very interesting because Nemitz, when you watch his highlights and stuff, he is almost a a quiet facilitator. You know, he's often making that first or second pass that leads to a goal, especially if he's inside the offensive zone. His positioning just seems to be, you know, pretty, pretty solid, not super active necessarily, only when he feels it's appropriate to start dialing up the tempo, creating those overlaps, and looking to spearhead um, any of the zone cycles, which he can do with relative ease. His passing is very crisp and clean, and it seems like he weights it perfectly every time. He'll see his teammates near the goal mouth and hit them with a near-perfect cross-slot pass that's just an easy tap-in. He'll often look, uh, you know, with no-look passes or drop passes that catch opposing defenders off guard. He's got a really good tool set, and he has a pretty okay shot, not a release that I saw being used a ton necessarily. I think much of his game is going to be more of like a back-end catalyst. The thing that does kind of get a bit deceptive is once you look at highlights, you kind of assume that this is their game, but then you start to see, you know, shift by shift, what else are they doing? And Cam Robinson, who does a lot of scouting, his YouTube channel is actually really interesting because he'll pull up examples of stuff that... uh, players maybe have tendencies towards stuff that they could work on and Nemitz has some interesting defensive deficiencies which you know is a 17 year old so it's not super shocking uh we've often seen prospects have issues with uh, neutral zone breakouts especially defending against them and it seems like Nemitz is still kind of figuring out gapping uh, spacing when to drop back when to be more aggressive that stuff he's been caught on it seems like which for Jets fans, we're very used to this. This is almost uh, old hat by now. So if he has glaring defensive issues in his game, that's not going to be very shocking. It's actually basically a rite of passage to be a Jets defender at this rate. But joking aside, the raw talent seems to be there. All of the reports seem to suggest that he is a very calm, composed, intelligent, mature defender for his age. Somebody who knows how to be very clean, very tidy, and can make the right decisions under pressure. Whether that translates to the NHL would be a big question. Obviously, the speed and timing of the game works at a fundamentally higher level, but from the footage that I've been able to find, as well as the reports about him, it seems like he's a very, very good pick, and somebody that, if the Jets somehow end up within the top 10 range, I would be looking at him. His points production in a men's league at the age of like 16 and 17, (laughs) it's almost too good to be true to be honest I mean he just seemingly has a hand in so much of what his team has been doing which for me is super interesting I think the Jets could very much use a player on the back end who is an elite playmaker facilitator and guardian but understands how to be aggressive when to be aggressive and ultimately 
when you can create that offensive space and time for your line mates. Somebody who can elevate the play of your entire, uh, well, on-ice grouping with good decision-making, distribution, skating, and intelligence. That is something that Winnipeg's blue line desperately needs, and we really don't have uh, right-shot defenders who can actually fit that role. So if Simon Nemitz is on the board and the Jets have a chance at him, you, you got to take it. I mean, this guy could be somebody that anchors Winnipeg's top pairing or top four for years to come. On the surface, he's not going to be as flashy as like a Brad Lambert or some of these other players, but his impact on what he could do for the Jets might honestly be at a level that's even higher than a lot of those other prospects. Uh, given his age, given what he's doing at his age, and how confident, composed, and controlled he is, it seems like he might be a really, really, really legit young defender to take a chance on. You know, when the Jets have drafted kids who have been playing pro hockey since their teenage years, usually these guys have phenomenal, tremendous talent. Whether they're allowed to actually use that, a bit of a different story with the Jets. But Nemitz, I really don't think you can go wrong with him. I was thinking about talking about some of the more obvious picks, but I may save that for a later episode just because, you know, everyone sort of knows who Shane Wright is. Um, Joaquin Kamel, also the the guy that's kind of been outshining um, Brad Lambert a little bit, also really roaring up the boards. Uh, and I think these guys, they're, they're well known enough to where I can save it for a later show and maybe talk about the top five or top ten picks. Uh, but for tonight's episode, that is actually going to do it. I'd be curious to know what you think of some of these kids. And if you want to see the Jets making them long-term Winnipeggers in the future, be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight, though, that is going to do it. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also, be sure to make Locked On Bets your second listen of the day, your one-stop shop for all of your betting needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Free to follow and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.